Hello, and welcome to another edition of C-Store Talks. I'm John Lovestock, editor of C-Store Decisions Magazine and the executive director of the National Advisory Group. We're so glad you could join us today as we talk all things convenience. Hello, and welcome to another edition of C-Store Talks. I'm John Lovestock, and I am pleased to have two special guests today, Horacio uh, Gavilan, who is the executive director of the Hispar- Hispanic Marketing Council, and Susie Silliman, who is the senior vice president of data strategy and sales for the national for National Retail Solutions. Hello and welcome. How are you guys doing? Hi, doing great. Thanks, John. Hi, Horacio. Hi, Susie. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Sure. I'm glad you guys could be here. Uh, Horacio, you have a wonderful job and a wonderful organization. Why don't, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Hispanic Marketing Council? Certainly. Uh, we've been around for 25 years. We're, like, you, like you say, we're the Hispanic Marketing Council, or HMC. We are the trade association that represents the Hispanic advertising and marketing ecosystem. And our members are agencies, media companies, media buying companies, research companies, pretty much, and, and, and brands for that matter. So it's pretty much anyone who works in the U.S. Hispanic market. You know, our, our job is to champion the market in corporate boardrooms and really advocate for increased investment in Hispanic marketing strategies. And also making sure that when they do that, uh, brands hire experts, you know, who have a trusted Hispanic marketing expertise. Uh, so we're here to help brands better understand the value of the Hispanic market and the Hispanic consumer. And that's a great segue because uh, Susie and I have talked about this for years and uh, all of her research uh, focuses on a lot of the urban independent markets and how those markets really are kind of portend what C-stores throughout the country can expect in terms of trends and uh, popular selling items. So um, the Hispanic consumer is a very important demographic for retailers uh, everywhere in in all retail channels. Uh, How strong is this uh, demographic in terms of buying power? Sure, so um, so John, in 2019, the GDP for the US um, Latinos was over $2.7 trillion. Um, That's the last published number. We know that that population continues to increase. The GDP continues to increase. Um, This sector of um, the US population is growing six times faster than non-Latinos. So it is an incredibly important and growing um, portion of the U.S. economy. Mm-hmm. And that, again, plays into what Horacio does, targeted messages to consumers from brands seems to be something that's very important. Uh, let me, let me just, just, just to give people some sign of, you know, from what does that mean at $1.7? Mm-hmm. That is higher than the GDP of Italy, mm-hmm. just slightly less than the GDP of France. Yep. But just to give people an idea of how big is it, you know, how big of a market we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. If you, if U.S. Latinos were an independent country, we would be the seventh largest country in the world. Economy in the world. Yep. Based on Quite GDP. So. Amazing. So in terms of retailers, 
going at well it's got to be a, a joint uh, venture between retailers and suppliers working together to meet the needs of this growing demographic. Is that what you're saying? Is this uh, something that retailers and suppliers are doing a good job on? Is this something you'd like to see them uh, work on a little more? Uh, sum up that relationship for me. Horacio. Well, I mean, I, I, absolutely. I'm just giving you an example of, because it's all about opportunity and, and, mm -hmm. Or what we're trying to do is for 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 marketer, for advertiser, for retailer, there's a lot of opportunity still in the U.S. Hispanic market. Just an idea in terms of you know um, um, in terms of you know advertisers. Like if you look at at, at general market you know TV for example right now, you compare it to Hispanic, um, uh, there are about between 700 and 1800 brands active any given day. When you look at the Hispanic market, let's they're just under 500. That's show you there's a lot of opportunity for growth and that, you know, you have marketer, you have retailers. So our message is there is still a great opportunity to reach this market. So um, uh, we like, you know, we like to encourage, you know, um, uh, brands to encourage retailers to, you know, better understand the consumer, better understand the market. Uh, one of the things that we talk a lot about, you know, it's, 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 it's the whole language thing. You know, we talk, yeah, language, you know, language is a tactic, but I think, even more importantly is, hey, when you are reaching this uh, consumer, you must do it in a culturally relevant way. And that's an overarching message from us is you need to create promotions, you have to create a, 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 a you know, point of sale, they're really relevant to this consumer. Mm. Right, so John, um Horacio, that was uh, perfect context, I think transitions well into the remarks I'm gonna make to um, also address John's question. What, you know, what I'm seeing on the NRS side being that, um, you know, there's such a um, sort of strong emphasis in terms of the, um, the shopper of the NRS store is um, largely the multicultural shopper over 70% of our stores um, skew high Hispanic. Um, what we, you know, what we're seeing in in the data is that you know the Hispanic shopper does um, shop, or the Hispanic consumer shops um, most of the categories very differently from the general population, and that's something that is very important for convenience store retailers to realize and understand. Also, as you know, we're talking within the CPG organizations um, often, and, and um, Horacio may, may um, uh, experience something similar. Uh, you know, John, we're very tuned into the C stores, right? The the um, NRS network is uh, composed of independent small format outlets, your C stores, mm -hmm. bodegas, etc. So we're often having the conversation with the C store channel leadership. And they, within their own organization, may not even be talking to the Hispanic marketing leadership. And in some cases, might not even know who that person is. So in terms of opportunity, as Horacio uh, is referencing, um, even within the big brands that do have a Hispanic focus and also you know, continue to invest heavily in C-Store, there's an immediate opportunity for synergy of those, two to, of those two coming together and understanding how important the convenience store channel is for the Hispanic demographic. It is 
an incredibly important channel. Absolutely. Across all categories, yeah. Across all categories, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And you know, and and from a general convenience perspective, you know, the census the census results came out just you know a couple of months ago. You know, we we all saw um, what we already knew in terms of the population growth, and you know, by 2030, um, Anglo's will shrink by six percent, Latinos will grow by 29 percent. Um, I you know I think I read that a million Latinos will turn 18 this year, so will become mm -hmm. legal age adults. Um, super important um, consumer groups, buying groups, right? Um, but, you know, what we need to also realize is that growth is no longer um, localized to um, the, you know, the big metropolitan markets. The big metropolitan markets, of course, yep. are still the very important. Market. You know, mm -hmm. the, the Latino Hispanic population is the largest population group in Texas and in um, California and in, in New Mexico, but on a percent growth perspective, states like Wyoming, Oklahoma, Kansas, Idaho, Oregon, they saw the most growth from a percentage perspective. So there is um, growth and penetration of this, uh, of, of the Latino, um, consumer group, demographic group throughout the landscape of the US. And as you know, we think about it from a convenience store perspective, then that that impacts all of the convenience store retailers, right? It, the, the, the Midwest chains and the West Coast chains, not just the um, inner city independents or the um, metropolitan um, regional chains, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and let me, let me, let me add uh, to that. I uh, 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 completely agree, uh, Susie, on that. And I think also the fact that this is, you know, there's some people think, well, this is going to happen in the future. Uh, last year, in 2020, the first demographic, the 0 to 17 demographic became a multicultural demographic, meaning that, that you know, between, these, between the ages of 0 to 17, the majority of that demographic is multicultural. And of that group, Hispanics lead. So if, you know, if I'm a retailer, these people are gonna be in my stores. If they're not now, they'll be in my stores in a year or two from now. You know, and this trend is gonna continue with every demographic up to the year, I think believe it's 2045 or 2050, where every single demographic in this country is gonna yep. be minority majority. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, John, I know that, you know, we often talk about, well, what, what can the convenience store retailer do better? And, um, you know, there's lots of answers to that, but the first, and I think most important answer is you need to carry products mm -hmm. that the Hispanic shopper wants to buy. Mm -hmm. You need to um, sort of expand your product portfolio so that you now are tuned in to what those product choices are. Because as I mentioned, they, you know, they shop categories differently. On the um, non-alcoholic beverage category, uh, the um, Haritos brand, right? It's the number four non-alcoholic beverage brand in high Hispanic stores, right? So if you think about stores in Oklahoma where they're seeing such a 
um, large percentage of Hispanic growth, how many convenience stores are carrying um, the Haritos brand? And on, um, on even in in on the snack side, right? Um, on oh my gosh, cookies and crackers, for example. If you look at the NRS data in our high Hispanic stores, the top four cookies and cracker brands are Hispanic brands. Mm -hmm. So um, again, looking at your planograms, looking at your, your, the items that you have authorized and really thinking, okay, do I have anything on my shelf set that is meeting the needs of the Hispanic Latino shopper? And you can make you can make some very basic changes um, very easily, right? The the thirty fifth cookie um, can certainly be swapped out for the number one Hispanic cookie brand, and um, you'll have a net positive effect in you know those markets. Okay. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting, you know, you have to also understand that you know a lot of um, uh, a lot of Hispanics you know, come, you know, the ones who come from other countries or have traditions that they they're familiar with certain products and brands. Um, and and I think you need to ensure. I think I was I was I was looking at some of the brands in the um, uh, blunder care category. And if you look at, you know, the 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 top brands that they buy are really brands like Ariel, Thai, and Suavitel. There are brands that are available in in their in the countries of origin. So there's a tradition there. So as a, as a retailer, you need to understand um, that these consumers are in many cases are looking for brands that they're familiar with. Now, Susie, you had mentioned uh, stocking the products that Hispanic consumers want. You, you and I had talked about this quite a bit in the past. That list or, or some of those top products are not what you would expect, right? Not what you would typically see in a regular convenience store. That's correct. It's not what you would typically see in a convenience store. And if you are, um, you know, looking at aggregate national data, those are not products that are going to necessarily rise to the top and on an aggregate basis. So that certainly requires um, a different sort of a different lens, right? Uh, in both in um, procuring. Um, data that really is measuring the product sales of the Hispanic demographic and, um, you know, understanding how then those, those products, those top products can ultimately fit into your shelf set. Mm -hmm. And that gets back to understanding the Hispanic consumer, how they eat, how they cook at home, how, you know, what, uh, their, the lifestyles are, uh, and understanding that things like, you know, flour, a five pound bag of flour could be an important product in right. the inner city. I mean, that's that. So that is, flour is super interesting within itself, right? Because within the inner city, um, the, the shopper is coming into that bodega or that convenience store for a variety of uses, right? For a variety of needs. It is a destination. And often, you know, the, um, the urban resident is, is using the bodega um, not just for immediate consumption purchases, right? But um, it is, it's an extension of their own pantry. They're, they are going there for baking supplies, et cetera, where flour, which you would not 
um, maybe even consider carrying in, uh, you know, in, in some of the other uh, locations from a, a convenience perspective is something that baking supplies, baking staples is very important within the inner city locations. But flour, again, as a, as a category is shopped very different um, by the Hispanic consumer than the non-Hispanic consumer. And, uh, you know, one example of that is that corn flour outsells your wheat-based flour or any other baking supply by almost four to one. So if you are catering to a um, Hispanic demographic, then you want to make sure that you have a corn flour skew on your shelf. I mean, similarly, you know, almost every convenience store you walk into has some variety of fresh bread and buns. But John, when was the last time you walked into a C store and saw tortillas, tortilla wraps and shells? Mm -hmm. Other than, well, for you, because you're, you're, you know, you're in Newark, you're, you, you probably are going into some of the bodegas and you're, you're seeing those. But outside of the inner city areas, how often do you see tortillas being sold in the convenience store? You're right. You're right. And of course, I grew up in the Bronx. So I'm, right. you know, shopping in a bodega is as natural to me as anything. And it was, uh, it took me a while to get, when I first started covering this industry, to understand that uh, there were different different products and uh, different sets for different demographics. But as we mentioned, there's just quite a bit, of, a, a, trem a tremendous amount actually of overlap in uh, meeting the consumers. And when you start talking about a number approaching $3 trillion in buying power, uh, that gets everyone's attention and, and suggests that maybe not a major reset is in place, but certainly a reset to include some popular Hispanic brands. And in our pre-call, we talked about some of uh, these categories at C-stores that, that have become mainstream in C-stores, the, the snacks, uh, things like that. And even uh, the beer like Modelo has a great ad, uh, campaign. You know, that's really a crossover beer now because of all the advertising they've been doing. I mean, they're great commercials and uh, a great appeal. So- yeah, and on the yeah on this on the the snack side, Takis is another um, great example, right? Very mm -hmm. strong loyalty with the Hispanic demographic, but also very much a mainstream brand, right? Yeah, and it's one of those brands where kids don't, you know, it, it like you know Doritos or Slurpee. It's it's a brand unto itself. People ask for Takis, and they mean, you know, a certain uh, type of snack. So that's a a great uh, proof of acceptance and and growth. Now, um, getting back to uh, Horacio and Horacio's group, because uh, we, we mentioned data, understanding the data, understanding the customer. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that relationship between the retailers and the manufacturers and how they are working together in an ideal world? Uh, you know, what, what could they be doing better or, uh, or what would you like to see in terms of getting uh, a message to retailers and then that the retailers communicating that to consumers. 
Well, I mean, I first of all, we need to make sure that that the uh, uh, brands and 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 they are they're they're advertising in the Hispanic market because you know you create a hey this you know this product is available and you buy it X, X Y C. So I think that you need to have that. Um, that goes back to my point earlier of how many brands are not active in the, in the Hispanic market. Was what a missed opportunity. Um, I think they need to do a better job sharing data. Um, mm -hmm. I need to do a better job to going back to. Um, uh, Asus's point, uh, digging deeper into the data um, um, and really understanding. I mean, I, 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 a point that I wanted to add to this is interesting because I think sometimes there is a lot of mis uh, misconception about the Hispanic consumer. And one of them, and I will, I will venture to say that is pricing. You know, sometimes people make the assumption, oh, they're looking for cheaper price products. What is not necessarily the case? You know, when you look at, I'm just using uh, the, the, the example you guys just, just uh, brought up is Modelo beer. I mean, that is that is a premium price beer. Mm -hmm. And it's the number one selling beer among Hispanics. And now it's, 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 and it's one of the few brands that is growing, you know, across the nation because they have, they, have, they have been able to remain authentic to the market while trying to grow at the same time. You know, so many times, you know, Hispanics do purchase premiums, premium items. So again, having a better understanding of the consumer better understanding the, of, the, of the consumer needs and, and, and to the point that we've been making over, over, over and over again is, what are they purchasing? Mm -hmm. And Susie, uh, you have some data. Now, do we wanna, just in terms of without, if you don't wanna get into brands, I understand, but uh, what type of products are uh, some of the top sellers that you see? Yeah, I mean, I think that we've already um, talked a lot about that. Um, but uh, what's you know interesting again in in terms of these small format stores or convenience stores um, within the high Hispanic stores, the beer F and B cider is the number one category. You know, across convenience at large, um, that's tobacco, and um, you know, tobacco is generally outselling beer by about seventy five percent, whereas um, in these high Hispanic stores, um, the beer F&B cider is outselling tobacco by 25%. So that's a, that just at a total category level is a, is a big eye opener. Um, you know, you referenced uh, Modelo and how, how well Modelo is doing. Um, of course, it's the, it is the, the number one by far um, beer for the Hispanic shoppers in, um, in the NRS stores. Uh, you know, on a category level within tobacco, you know, we're, we, we see the importance of large mass-produced cigar brands. Um, three, there are three large mass-produced cigar brands in the top 10 tobacco brands in the high Hispanic stores. Whereas overall, you know, you would maybe see one and cigars is a more popular category with the, with the adult Hispanic tobacco users than, um, than SLT is which again is something different than what you would see if you were just looking at, you know, total convenience aggregate data. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, we, you know, we talked about uh, Jaritos being um, uh, the number four beverage brand. Um, you know, things like diet products in, in terms of diet beverages, uh, I, they don't sell as well in the high Hispanic stores. Um, fruit flavors overperform. Um, energy drinks do really, really well. Um, let's see, let me think what else. Oh, cheese, right? So, 
a lot of convenience stores, particularly inner city convenience stores, but in general, there's a lot of convenience stores that are carrying a cheese product. Um, within the high Hispanic markets, queso is in the, the top six cheese brands are all queso, right? So again, thinking about how do I, how do I change my mix so that I am satisfying the needs and the requirements of the um, Hispanic shopper. If you're carrying cheese in your store and, and you're trying to meet the needs of a Hispanic shopper in your store, you should be carrying at least one queso brand. And, and for those who might not know, queso is cheese, but it's, it's a different type of cheese that with a different, different flavor profile, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, you might think that you're carrying the queso, but you're not really carrying the queso. <laughs> That's a great point. Right. All right. So transition to a little bit of the marketing because Horacio, uh, that's uh, your expertise. Um, you're, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your members and you know, how they interact with, with retailers. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think uh, uh, Number one is, I mean, we want to, I mean, my, 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 uh, my members, you know, what they do best is create, you know, marketing and advertising that is relevant to them. So, you know, um, and by the way, you know, I, we still hear a lot today that, oh, we, I translated my work into Spanish and it's just not doing that great yeah? because it's not necessarily about language. I, I think I mentioned that earlier in, in, the, in the podcast, you have to create, I mean, from a visual standpoint, from color, for composition, you have to create marketing materials, you have to create advertising that is culturally relevant and it's going to resonate with the consumer. And that's the piece that we feel that is missing a lot and that's why we always tell brands, you need to make sure that you partner with people who can help you because they're experts in the market. They have, they can help you with the inside. They can make sure that the product, the, the, the way the product look, the way you're, you're promoting it, the, the visuals are really, you know, culturally relevant and resonate with the consumer. And to me, that is, you know, it, it, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's that missing piece uh, that I think, you know, we can all do better. And to the point earlier is there's a lot of opportunities still out there. You know, even though you think that, oh my goodness, you know, how, many, how much more advertising there is. And also don't forget that when you look at, you look at the Hispanic consumer, the Hispanic consumer compared to other segments is extremely brand loyal. So you can capture that consumer, you know, and you, and, and, and you continue to talk to that consumer they're going to be your consumers for a very long time. Okay. Right. And, you know, John, I know that we have had conversations about um, sort of these emerging capabilities for brands to engage with shoppers in store with um, the popularity of retail media networks growing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, NRS has, you know, our own digital advertising network in all of our stores, um, but it's becoming very common now um, across retail and um, convenience um, as well with uh, several of the largest chains having their own retail media network. So it is, um, it is super important for brands, again, to um, Horacio's point, for brands to 
um, be aware and acknowledge that it is beneficial to them to reach the Hispanic shopper in those stores with um, very specific, authentic messaging. And, um, you know, whether it is for the um, retailer itself who is managing, you know, those media networks or or the brands or the agencies that are representing the creative that's pushed through those networks, there does need to be, again, that reconciliation of, okay, just, um, you know, just our general campaign might not be the best for this store <laughs> based on who is shopping this store. Can't agree more. Can't agree more. That's, you know, we still, and it's interesting because we've been, I mean, as an organization, we've been having this conversation for 25 years, but somehow it's, we're not, we're not quite there. So again, that's a lot of opportunity out there. So we talked a lot about, uh, you know, now and, and the here, and Susie, you kind of projected out a little bit, but if you can put on your uh, little prognosticator hat and tell me a little bit about, you know, what you expect for say the next three to five years, where, where would you like to see mainstream C stores be? Where do you think they need to be? And, you know, if you had to pick, I don't know, two categories, what two categories do you think they could jump on right away and make a difference in sales? Uh, Susie, you want to start with that one? Um, sure. I mean, I nobody is going to um, even attempt to dispute the numbers, right, in terms of the uh, population forecasts and the growing importance of the Hispanic Latino demographic. So for the C-Store retailers, um, they, they need to be tuned into that. They need to be tuned into what that means um, in the trading areas where they compete. And again, how that might mean that they need to move away from, you know, a one size fits all planogram and um, allow some flexibility, a little bit more flexibility than might exist today for more of these regional preferences that are demographic based. Um, having said that in terms of, um, I guess the biggest win, so to speak, um, I would, I definitely would say the non-alcoholic um, beverage category because there's just such differences in how the Hispanic consumer shops that category. Um, you know, we mentioned beer, but I think for the most part that there, you know, that 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 Modelo and and some of the other um, it, Hispanic loyal brands have already become more mainstream. So you're seeing those in the cooler or in the beer vault already. Mm -hmm. um, but you're not like we, we like we mentioned with um, Haritos. You're not seeing Haritos necessarily in um, you know in the refrigerator, right? Of of the C stores. And then um, I I guess I would probably say either salty snacks or sweet snacks as as the second because those are still huge categories in convenience, and they're um, 
uh, well SKU'd, right? Mm -hmm. that, that most convenience stores are carrying a large number of SKUs within those categories. So there's a little bit more freedom or flexibility to swap out um, some of the lower performing national UPCs for some of the brands that are um, really more Hispanic oriented, like um, Diana Jalapeno tortilla chips or Zambos um, plantain chips, right? So I would say those two categories are probably the lowest hanging fruit to make some tweaks to current product sets and um, be able to meet a higher percentage of the requirements uh, of the Hispanic shopper. Okay. Would you like to add to that, Narasia? I totally agree uh, with her. Um, I will. I will tell you that you know, as an as an organization, we have lots of resources on our on our webpage. All of it is free. You know, from uh, you know dives into specific uh, segments areas. Uh, you know, tips for 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 brands. Uh, you know, all sorts of data on on the on the consumer. So uh, a little plug here: if uh, anybody goes to www.hispanicmarketingcouncil.com council.org. Um, there's all sorts of information there uh, that is free to everybody. And if everybody, you know, anyone has a question, just, you know, they can, they can reach me directly from the, from the website. All right, great. Um, I really appreciate both of your time today. Uh, it was very eye-opening and it is something that we focus on very heavily at the C-Store Decisions. We, we cover this topic quite a bit because uh, which we said in the first in the opening minute uh, of the this the sheer buying power of Hispanic consumers that retailers need to uh, get on board because they have customers that you know need these services and there's a tremendous selling opportunity. So uh, closing thoughts, guys. Uh, anything you'd like to uh, say before we go, Horacio? Start with you. Again, if you're not doing it today, you're late. You got to be doing this today. You got to be making sure that, you know, your, 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 your product mix want to make sure that, you know, you, you really are catering to this consumer who wants to buy today. They were talking about five years, 10 years from now, they're ready to buy today. So make sure that you, 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 you as a retailer have what they're looking for. Otherwise you're going to go somewhere else to buy it. And Susie, uh, you have all the data. You have wonderful data. I, I review it all the time. Uh, the numbers don't lie, right? The, right. The numbers don't lie. And uh, you know, from a self-plug perspective, um, you know, for retailers that are looking to gain these types of insights to, um, you know, to make near-term changes, um, the, the NRS data is uh, absolutely available to be licensed by retailers as well. And I would, uh, you know, love to share some of this information. Um, back with some of the retailers so that uh, we as a industry, the convenience store industry can do a better job meeting the needs of the Hispanic shopper. Great, and if you do need contact information for Horacio or for Susie, uh, you can feel free to reach out to me. So with that, I'd like to thank our guests, Horacio uh, Gavilan, the Executive Director of the Hispanic Marketing Council and Susie Silliman, Senior Vice President of Data Strategy and Sales or the national, uh, for National Retail Solutions. Thank you both. I really appreciate your time today. 
and I hope you will join us for another edition of Sea Store Talks. And that wraps it up for another edition of Sea Store Talks. I'm John Lovestock. Thanks for joining us, and I look forward to having you on a future Sea Store Talks podcast. Have a good day, everyone.